I put a hint in the I question. I didn't do it yet. <laughs> Jason, Jason thinks I listen to the questions. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Popular Science's Tacathlon, tech news through games, trivia, and usually friendly competitions. I'm your host, Jason Letterman, and playing along with me today are Corinne listens to Walk the Moon on Loop by Ozio. What can I say? Sometimes you just have to dance it out. Stan prefers new Weezer to old Weezer horror check. Remember when Jason dropped the buzzer thing on the ground <laughs> before we started recording? That was really good. We don't talk about what happened before we started recording. <laughs> Went right on the ground. And Rob liked Fallout Boy before they were cool, Verger. The sad thing is, I was never cool. I don't think Fallout Boy was ever cool. Oh, From Under the Cork Tree is a very good record. From Under the Cork Tree is a fantastic record. Front Start to, to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get started with the Decathlon Decathlon 10 trivia questions to catch you up on the week's tech news. I'll ask our panel all about what's been happening in the tech world since our last episode. They'll buzz in and get a point for every question they answer correctly. They'll also have the opportunity to steal any question that their fellow panelists answer incorrectly, as long as it's not true or false or multiple choice. Whoever has the most points at the end of the round will win the scientifically best Halloween candy, according to the popular science staff, Reese's. It was a very <laughs> intense bracket fight. It was. That's how we spent the afternoon today. I like to think I wasn't invited to it because of the high potential that I would flip a table over <laughs> and scream at everyone. Yes, it was definitely that and not because you just weren't in the office. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other. Yeah. Question number one. It's time for our semi-regular reminder to get a password manager. Corinne. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what maker of popular mobiles like Words with Friends and Farmville announced last week that some of its users' information had been hacked and it would prompt affected users to reset their passwords? Rob. Is it Zenga? Zynga, that's it. Zynga's recommendation for staying secure online, this is on their website, quote, don't reuse your passwords, create a unique and strong password for every account or login you have. If you used your Zynga password on another website or app, it's good practice to change your password on the other website or app. Karen. Zynga1234. Zynga. That's my luggage combination. <laughs> <laughs> this is like hundreds of millions of users. This is a lot of users. This yeah. is everyone's parents and grandparents and great uncles and aunts. It's a lot, it a lot of people. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if your password manager was just a person? They're your password manager? Yeah. <laughs> I, think I heard it's, Drake has one of those. <laughs> to me, it's it's... Telling, right, that they are just saying, like, if you're the type of person who just uses the same password on multiple things, it's not about what you gave us, but it's about what you could have compromised everywhere else. Right. We we say this on the podcast every so often, but hacking these days does not look like it does in the movies where you have to hack into the mainframe and type frantically. It's somebody finds out your password and then tries it on every site that they can think of with your email to try to get access to your accounts. Yep. Yeah. Credential stuffing. When they listed the stuff that people got from this that the, whoever the hackers were may have gotten from this and it's like your name and your phone number and maybe your email address and your hashed password which means it's sort of like a thing that they could use to maybe find your password if they could figure it out and like I, I'm so sure that everyone who wants that already has it <laughs> that I can't even I you know between DoorDash last week and this thing now that's just it's everything is out there all the time so it's a, it's a time to just bury yourself into a bunker and in the Yukon and <laughs> change all your passwords. Yeah, or just deal with it and accept that <laughs> yeah. everyone knows you. Question number two on this theme, 
Google is trying to combat the problem that Zynga is facing by integrating one of its Chrome add-ons directly into the browser and your Google account. The add-on was originally released in February 2019 and will alert users if they enter a username and password combination that's known to be compromised. What's the name of this helpful Google tool for your online health? All right, I'm going to call time. It's called Password Checkup. Google also announced in the same blog post that it's bringing a few new features for online security, including an incognito mode to maps, which I don't really understand, to be honest, and also a history auto-delete to YouTube. Jason hasn't done much adultery, I guess. (laughs) You don't want your maps secret. Caught me. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of things called checkup now. Like I think Facebook and Twitter do privacy checkups and everything. And Mm -hmm. And then you get that satisfying little like emoji checkmark thing and it feels really good. I miss the good old days where guided things like this used to be called wizards. (laughs) (laughs) An installation wizard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This definitely should be called Google's password wizard. (laughs) It's not. Security wizard. Question number three. When you go to a website, your browser converts the URL you type into an IP address and displays the site on your computer. This is done through a service called the DNS. Google and Mozilla want to make your browsing experience more secure by encrypting your DNS requests. What does DNS stand for? Corinne. Domain Name System. Domain Name System. So there are some cable and internet companies that are concerned about this and they've lobbied Congress saying it could, quote, interfere on a mass scale with critical internet functions as well as raise data competition issues. Disagree. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen companies like Cloudflare already doing this, you know, these like DNS services that will encrypt things and then they they say they're never going to store your DNS requests. So that's like, I think all this is good. It kind of angles towards privacy, which is nice. Right. It stops hackers from what's called spoofing the website. So telling you that you're at the website when you're actually not. But with what companies that provide your internet are concerned about is that a website like Google could have all of your information and not give it to them. And that's how they make their money, essentially. Yeah. This all comes down to who gets to have your information. It's not you. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not anyone you know or or it's not anyone you want or even know about to have it. Yeah. But they want they all want it. And uh, if you try to get in their way, they will have a big, long lawsuit that Jason will write a decathlon question about. He'll read the whole thing. <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> yes. Question number four is true or false. Back in 2017, the FCC repealed net neutrality laws, which stated that Internet service providers could not slow down your Internet based on sites you visit or slow down sites that couldn't or wouldn't pay them to reach customers more quickly. True or false, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals last week upheld the FCC's decision but struck down the clause that didn't allow states to set their own net neutrality laws. Corinne. True. That's true. Some of the logic in the court argument was not... Great. There was a lot of word salad parsing happening on Twitter. Was it last Tuesday when this decision came down? It's completely inscrutable, the arguments in the language. Yeah. But, I mean, the one thing that I think we all agree with on this podcast was the idea that it was unnecessary for the FCC to tell states they couldn't set their own net neutrality laws. Yes. This reminds me very much of – did you guys ever see the movie Casino? 
Mm-hmm. So in that movie, Robert De Niro wants, has a criminal record and they want to make him the head of the casino and he has to get a license in order to do so. And with a criminal record, that's really hard. So what they do is they submit the license and then they keep changing it. It keeps getting knocked to the bottom of the stack, which means he can just do whatever he wants until they finally get to it, which may be never. Right. And that very much feels like how net neutrality is operating right now to me, whereas this thing got repealed. That was a real thing that happened. And now there's all these initiatives to try and fix it and address it and put new protections into place. And, it's a patchwork. And bills. And none of them ever seem to get finished. So in the meantime, like anyone who wants to just do bad stuff can just keep doing it. And like that's all I think of every time I hear one of these minor wins in a court that now has to – the appeal has to get appealed. And like it's so impossible to get anything done now that I don't have a lot of faith that it's going to ever get fixed without some grand tidal wave of Well, and action. the state-by-state state thing, I just – it's really difficult to wrap your mind around how exactly that can work because the internet doesn't stop at like the California Nevada border. Right. I think this this is like states like California, you know, because California has been doing this with automakers for a long time, where if you wanted to build one car and sell it in the United States, you had to make it fit California's, uh, you know. They have more strict emission standards. Yeah, which they're trying to get rid of now. That's a whole other thing. But, uh, like, that's the idea is that if one state can just set this precedent that the companies will be like, oh, my God, it's going to cost us money. As goes California, so goes the country. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, it's like a a common phrase. That's a great, couldn't think of it, but good job, Corinne, for remembering it. Yeah, so that's the idea is let's make it easier for the companies to just – you know, do it the way the states want to do it. And they don't want that to happen. Yeah. Question number five. Messaging app WhatsApp was in the news last week after some beta users noticed what spy-like feature coming to the app. I should really start using WhatsApp. It's great. I use it every day. I should really use it. And I just don't. Especially now that you can use it on, like, Portal and all that stuff. Yeah, I really yeah it's everywhere. It. It's all encrypted. What spy-like feature... Stan it has a shoe telephone. <laughs> <laughs> no? No, that's not it, oh, believe weird. it or not. That's mm. so weird that that's not the answer. You guys can keep playing if you want, I guess, but I don't know why. Uh, not to. Corinne? Call recording? Not call recording. Call recording Rob. through a shoe? <laughs> Rob? Eavesdropping. Someone was eavesdropping. No, it's disappearing messages. Oh. oh. So Ephemeral get, texting. Yes. It's unclear if or when the feature will come, but it is in the beta, um, at least in the code of the beta. Right. What was that one that was really popular a few years ago that, like, Mark Cuban was a backer of? This was like the a— Secret? Yeah, no. Did it, didn't, did it have Secret in the name? I'm Maybe. thinking of a different one. No. I don't know. There was a whole glut of these, like, three or four years ago. And I mean, now Snapchat is the one that does it, I yeah. guess, right? That's well, that was that... Snapchat from the beginning. Yeah, was... but they were not— Signal, maybe. But they didn't have end-to-end encryption like no, like no. WhatsApp does. Like, this one is is really, like, send an encrypted message that self-destructs. I guess that is pretty spy. Yeah. Like, Thank you for confirming the thing I wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good job, Jason. Secrets. <laughs> Secrets. Question number six. Instagram's feature to stop bullying has gone public. Simply swipe left on a user's comment and choose the option, which will keep their comments on your posts private unless you approve them, and not allow them to see when you're online or if you've read their direct messages. What is the name of this new safety feature? Stan. The way Instagram should always work. <laughs> That's, is that it? Wow. 
That's, you're you're not wrong, but it's not the answer I'm looking for. It's called restrict. So you can restrict users and then unrestrict them as opposed to just blocking. So you can still interact with them, but it makes the setting a little more private. We're inching ever closer back to AIM Warn, Corinne. Oh, God, I remember that. As listeners to this podcast will know, the best feature of all time. AOL Instant Messenger. When you some... can warn someone that you're they're you off. Yeah, when someone annoyed you, you could just press a warn button a bunch of times in their window and it would stop them from using the service for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's bring it back. I'm into it. AOL, if you're listening, give us a call. We have some thoughts for you. Question number seven. What new feature is coming soon to Siri as Apple faces increased scrutiny of preferential treatment for its own apps? Preferential treatment for its own apps? Um, I don't know. Corinne. Can you use Siri to talk to Alexa? That is not the answer I'm looking for. Okay. You guys, that means I was almost kind of close. Rob. App suggest or like using Siri to download an app or suggest an app? Oh, that's real close. Can you be a little more specific? Saying, hey, Siri, download this app. No, that's that's not it. Getting colder. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, you want to take a shot in the dark? Or you want me to tell I'm you? I'm going to keep it classy over here and not guess. It's default messaging through the app of your choice. So you won't have to say send a message through WhatsApp, through oh. Viber, whatever. Because right now it defaults to iMessage. Mm. So right. it will automatically default to the one that you choose from now on. This is working in the music API, too, where as soon you'll be able to, say, Siri play a song and have it play through Spotify. Oh, that's great. And right. not have Siri say, I can't find that in your library because he didn't yes. buy it for the millionth time. You, you can, I believe, do that right now, but you have to specify through Spotify, you which can, before you weren't able to do at all. Yeah, you couldn't do it at all. So I'm pretty excited for, for this implementation, not for messaging because I don't use it that much, but for music, I'm excited about this feature. Question number eight. In leaked audio of one of his employee town hall meetings, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg discussed, among other things, the rise of TikTok. Zuck said Facebook is working on its own competitor to the popular meme-making app in markets like Mexico, where TikTok hasn't yet penetrated. What is the name of Facebook's TikTok clone? Rob. Is it lip sync? It's not lip sync. I read that thing that he did, and I know like what well, he talked about TikTok, but I didn't know that there was like an official TikTok. They yeah, name for it. They are they are working on a competitor. It's called Lasso. They're working in Mexico right now. Mexico is the only place he listed. There might be more to try and perfect it, and then they'll bring it to a larger market to actually compete with TikTok. Yeah, because in that thing that leaked, it was sort of weird because he he talks about TikTok. And sort of likens it to timeline and stories. Yeah, I have that in my notes, Which it's very much not like that. Like, that was a very confusing... Like, when he was talking about TikTok, it was a very confusing part of that scenario. Well, he he was trying to compare it to Facebook properties, and he said, I think of it as, like, just short-term ephemeral video. So the only thing that Facebook has to compare it to is stories. Which is, like, sort of the same thing in the same way that a Ferrari and a delivery truck are both vroom vrooms that you drive (laughs) around, you know? But, like... For the people who use them, like, they have very different purposes. Yes. Among the other things Zuck talked about are the potential legal battles Facebook could face depending on who wins the 2020 presidential election, the Cambridge Analytica scandal, and Facebook's controversial cryptocurrency, Libra. (laughs) Doesn't sound like Libra's going that great, to be (laughs) honest. Doesn't uh, seem like there's been a lot of 
I'm a Libra. I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's it's the Libra time of year. It's it Libra season. I don't know what that means. Question number nine. balance. Delivery drones are nothing new, but company Flight Forward just got broad approval from the Federal Aviation Administration for its drone airline. It will let Flight Forward set the size and scope of their fleet and operators, although the company will need individual approval if the drone leaves the site of the operator. What major shipping and delivery company owns Flight Forward? Rob. UPS. UPS. I'm only going to fly on drone airlines from now on. Pack up the Rob bot and uh, (laughs) fold myself up. (laughs) You know what's interesting? Rob converts into a drone. Like a transformer. (laughs) Yeah. 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 If you fly a consumer drone, like a DJI drone, that can go really far and pretty high, I feel like I've never used one where there wasn't some warning on the screen where it's like, you're definitely not supposed to be flying here or you're too far. You're definitely way too far away from home. Yeah, it's like... I feel like it's impossible to fly a drone correctly. There's like one spot in New Hampshire or something where you can fly a drone and there'll be no warnings on your so like and they they're sort of a moving target because they change. Yeah. So I mean, if it's that hard to fly a little tiny consumer drone, I can't imagine going to the government and saying, I wanna like be an airline that moves drones around. I feel like the package delivery by drone is one of these things. It's always in tech headlines, but it's like never in our backyard. Right. Yeah. Right. Because like <laughs> if this if this the warehouse is like a mile from my house, right. I feel like it'll have to go 23 miles around yeah. like mm-hmm. airspace that's restricted. Whereas meanwhile, there's a UPS truck parked in front of your house already. <laughs> yeah, right. Making only right-hand turns. Yeah. They can fire it out of a cannon to my house. <laughs> Just fling it off the highway, right? <laughs> these are big packages, though. These are like 55-pound or more packages that these drones are going to be carrying around. I mean, like, that's something also that if something went wrong, like, that could hurt a person. Well, yeah, it's like when an air conditioner falls out of a window. It's bad. And question number 10, the final question of the round. The score is tied 2-2, two to two, Corinne to I'm, Rob. I'm going to bow out of this one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Clash of the here. Titans. Last episode, we talked about all of the new products Amazon unveiled, and now it's Microsoft's turn. Yes, the Windows company had its big event last Wednesday, which means it's time for another edition of how many of the things that got announced can you name? Oh, God, I'm going to lose so hard. (laughs) Our panel will buzz in for each individual item that they can name that Microsoft announced and get one point per item. If they answer incorrectly or cannot think of an answer, though, they cannot buzz in again. So, Rob, Corinne... When Stan, you said you're out of this, but you're still welcome to buzz in if you want. <laughs> you can win, don't you realize? Yeah, yeah you can win. I think win. you should play Come Stan. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> yeah. Stan doesn't if remember any else. of the things. I remember all of them. Look at that. Surface Duo, I think, is one of them. Surface Duo is correct. Corinne? Surface Neo. The Surface Neo. Corinne? Surface Book. Nope. There nope. is no Surface Book. They didn't book. update the Surface Book? No. <laughs> Corinne just threw her buzzer. Rob? Surface Pro 7. The Surface Pro 7. Rob? Surface Pro X. The Surface Pro X. Rob? The, uh, the like, the Pro Buds, the, the earbuds. The Surface earbuds. There's one more thing we haven't said yet. Stan. Surface Laptop. The Surface Laptop 3. That's the one. All right, we've named all the things. Good job naming all the things. So, and we've barely scratched the surface. So, at the end of the decathlon, Rob is the winner. He was able to name the most things. So many things. Congratulations, Rob. Well done. Thank you very much. The Reese's are yours. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. (laughs) 
Welcome back. If you're listening to this on the day it came out, it's October 7th, the 11-year anniversary to the day since Spotify launched. The impact that this music streaming app has had on the world is truly amazing. Happy birthday, Spotify. We love you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird to think back to a time before Spotify. Like my daughter, she was born and as long as she's been old enough to care about music, she's had every bit of music she's ever wanted. Yeah, I remember when it first came to the U.S., just having these conversations with people about whether or not we were going to sign up for the premium account. And the upshot was, oh, $10 a month for access to practically every song ever. I think that's fair. Yeah, because it was big in Europe before it was big mm-hmm. here. Like, I remember reading about it in Europe. Oh, I was and being so like, jealous. Oh, man, I really want to have yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and, like, especially compared to when when I was a kid, I had to, like, ask my mom, buy me a CD. I think a lot of the music I really liked back then was because I bought it and then I was stuck with it. And then just over and over Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, like, even if I hated it, I had to listen to it. So while Spotify has become a very familiar part of our lives, there are still parts of it that are a total mystery. Like, Spotify keeps giving me Minor Threat songs in my Discover Weekly playlist, which is meant to show you new music. And I listen to Minor Threat all the time. I have a Minor Threat tattoo. (laughs) And Spotify shows me minor threat songs on my Discover Weekly playlist. It's a mystery as to why. Another mystery comes in the form of popular tracks on artist pages. There are numbers next to each song to indicate the lifetime streams, but the order on the page makes some weird mashup of that number and how many streams have happened, quote-unquote, recently. We don't really know exactly what that means. What I'm going to do for this game is I'm going to name a really famous band. You guys are going to try and tell me what the number one song on Spotify is right now. This seems like it should be really easy. So if I just went to the artist page, this is the number one this song. This is the number one okay. most popular song, and we don't exactly know how they do that. We know that they change it every single day. So mm. if you listen to this podcast and you go and you look at the Beatles page or whatever and it's different, that's because it updates every 24 hours, but we're really not sure why or mm. how. We have a general <clears throat> idea, but no why. So All right. we're going to check and go through. So, for instance, the Beatles is the example. So I'll give you this one. Does anyone want to guess what the Beatles one is before we actually start playing? Yesterday. In my life. Hey, Jude. It's actually Here Comes the Sun. Oh, it's such mm. a lovely song. Great song. That's not the song I was expecting. No, yeah, but, me you know, neither. George Harrison. And that's why I think this will be a fun game because we'll all either get them wrong or we'll be feel really smart. Okay, Corinne. Yes. You. I hope I've heard of the band. Well, the band is the Eagles. Uh, uh, the uh, band is the weight. <laughs> uh, Hotel California. You're correct, Corinne. It's it's Hotel California. Somebody quick, name another Eagles song. Witchy Woman. <laughs> Is Desperado an Eagle song? Desperado yes, is an Eagle yes, song. Yes, it is. That's what I probably, yeah, because I don't know that I would have remembered Hotel California for some reason, but. Okay, Jason? Yeah. Yours is the Beastie Boys. I'm debating if it's Fight for Your Right to Party or No Sleep Till Brooklyn. You must choose. I know. I'm going to go with Fight for Your Right. They're both wrong. It's Sabotage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is one of the best Beastie it's Boys It's a really songs. good yeah. song. And then Intergalactic, and then Fight for Your Right, and then No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Yeah. And then I was in the top five, at least. And then Brass Monkey. Then Brass Monkey. All right. Rob? Yes. Yours is Metallica. Sandman. That's my guess. <laughs> Enter Sandman. Okay. Yes. Mm. That's the full name. The number one song is actually Nothing Else Matters. Oh, it's a pretty song. It doesn't make any sense to me. How is Enter Sandman not the number I know. one yeah. song I know. all the time? This is one of those. What's, what's such the difference in song. streams? Nothing Else Matters has 377,121,579. <laughs> I 
and Enter Sandman has 403,861,682. So it has more streams, but it's not in the number one spot on the artist. Because none of it makes any sense. Because people haven't been listening to it as much lately. So I guess people are really sad lately and want to listen to Nothing Else Matters. Interesting. Current The Who. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm going to say Pinball Wizard. Actually, I think this one was sort of gettable. It's Baba O'Reilly. Oh, Baba O'Reilly, yeah. Okay. I was going to say Pinball Wizard, too, for, for what it's worth. Same. It's Baba O'Reilly, then My Generation, then Who Are You, then Behind Blue Eyes, and then in number five, Pinball Wizard. Okay. Well, All right, Jason. This right. one's high stakes. Okay. Taylor Swift. Oh, boy. <sighs> That's not fair. I don't know any of her new songs. How do you not? Come on. I haven't listened Come to on. the new album at this all. This is a safe space, Jason. <laughs> this is a safe place for you to be um, honest with us. Blank space. It's Lover. That's the new song. That's on the new album that I don't know. Oh, so it's Stan's fault. Yes, correct. Stan should not have given me Taylor Swift. See, I would have guessed You Need to Calm Down, which is actually number two. I thought that was like the the big one. It's a good song. Where's Shake It Off? Shake It Off is not even remotely on the what? What rounds out the top five? The number three is The Man. Number four is Cruel Summer. And number five is Me, which I believe is the song with the guy from Panic! Yeah, I like those, this those are all new album songs. Yeah. Okay. That's oh. what people have been listening to recently. Mm-hmm. All right, Rob. Yes. Stevie Wonder. Mm. Mm. This one feels gettable. I'm going to guess it's I Just Called to Say I Love You. Oh, It's actually Sign Sealed Delivered. Oh, oh. also a good song. Yeah. See, I, if I had been playing this game... Because I didn't look these up beforehand because, frankly, I get bored when you guys are playing and I'm not. So <laughs> I tried to make it more. You want something to do. Yeah, I tried to make it more interesting for me. So I didn't look these up beforehand. And since it's October, I would have guessed Superstitious. I also would have yeah. guessed Superstitious. Mm. Uh, but it's The not. name of the song is Superstition, kids. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Sign Seal Delivered, number one. Superstition, number two. And then I just called to say I love you, number three. Oh, thanks, Dan. So What's four and five? You didn't have to call, but. Four and five for once in my life. And then number five is my favorite Stevie Wonder song, Sir Duke. That's an excellent, excellent song. It really is good. I don't know how informative this game is, but I'm having real I'm having a real yeah. good time. Fun. Music is nice. <laughs> Corinne. Yes. Uh, Johnny Cash. God, the thing with the Johnny Cash songs is like. The name is not the thing that you think the name is sometimes. There's only, you, there's only one correct guess for this. Ring of Fire. Yes. That's what I would have said. Uh, and I think this is part of the Spotify effect of, like, the younger generation being on Spotify. It's actually Hurt, the Nine Inch Nails cover, is the number one Johnny Cash song. Wait, what? Hurt. Oh, because that's so—it's kind of edgy for Johnny Cash, I feel like. Yeah, Johnny Cash covered the Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt, and it became, like, a big hit. A while back, and now that is still the number one Johnny Cash song. Wow. Followed by I Walk the Line, and then Ring of Fire, and then Folsom Prison Blues, and then Highwayman. Not Man Named Sue. Boy Named Sue. Boy Named Sue, but no. Best Johnny Cash song? The Wreck of the Old 97, by the way, if you're curious. This one is gettable, Jason, but I I don't know if you'll get it or not. (laughs) I won't. Go ahead. This is maybe the hardest one, and I'm going to give it to you because I have faith in you. (laughs) Because you hate me. I also made the tiebreaker for you, specifically for you, Jason. So <laughs> I'm sad that I'm going to knock you out with this question. Okay. Ray Charles. Ooh. And if you think about the Spotify generation. Yeah. No hints. Okay. This one's gettable. I got a woman? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah, he got nice. it. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten it if you hadn't said Spotify generation. <laughs> that was a really hard one. And for those who do not know, I got a woman is the sample from... 
a Gold Kanye, digger. A Kanye West yeah. song. Oh, yes. okay. Rob? Yeah. I don't know how I would answer yours. Yours is Aerosmith. Mm. Oh. And there are so many ways to think about this. Yeah. Let's see. Aerosmith. Um, I know what I would answer. I, I have not looked yet. I know, I know what, what I would answer, answer too. I want to guess Walk This Way. It's actually Dream On. I, that was going to mm. be what I did. My, yeah. I, w- I would have said Walk This Way, Rob. Really? I was yeah. going to say I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Yeah. See, um, that that went through my head too because think, of Armageddon. <laughs> but <laughs> Dream On just like it spikes up every now and again for reasons <clears throat> passing understanding other than that it's just a really freaking great song. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't keep score, but Corinne did, and she tells me that it's one-to-one, Corinne and Jason are tied, which means I'm really excited to present Jason with this tiebreaker. Okay. As you could probably guess, the number one song on the Smash Mouth Spotify page <laughs> is Jason. Oh, uh, is is All-Star. It's All-Star, yes. Uh, who can Whoever can give me the total play count for All Star. Oh God. It is a it is nine digits long. Oh my god. <laughs> so we might need to use the calculator to no, figure out okay. who gets closer. Um okay. I I will say seven hundred and eighty two million. All right, we'll remember that because Jason's gonna have to type it in okay. the computer. I'm gonna go with six hundred and ninety million. Jason won because it's actually I gave him too much credit. Four hundred and sixty three million nine hundred and sixty seven thousand 867. Who's an all-star? Jason. Thank you, Stan. Let's move on to the final game of the episode. Elon Musk was in the news last week announcing Starship, the bare-bones prototype of the ship he wants to use to bring humanity to Mars and beyond. Like the Falcon 9 before it, Starship's parts will be reusable. That got us thinking about NASA reusable tech, and it turns out there's a lot of it. In fact, NASA has an annual magazine called Spinoff, where they list some of the achievements the private sector has made using NASA technology. In this game, I'll tell you about a NASA technology and the year of the magazine that I found it in. Then I'll give you two choices for how the spin-off was used. All you have to do is pick the correct one. Whoever has the most points at the end wins. All right, Rob, let's start with you. Okay. Number one is from 1976. Whoa. NASA worked with a company to make a new composite material that works under high friction and temperatures of up to 650 degrees. That was the standard failing point of past iterations of the object this material was being designed for. Was it to improve automobile brake linings or tires? I'm going to go with brake linings because I feel like that gets hotter than a tire. You are correct. It's brake linings. Cool. Is this some sort of composite? Yeah, it's a composite from the 70s. Number two, Stan. When the space program began, there was very little room for the astronauts, let alone anything else. So NASA scientists had to get clever with what they could send astronauts up with. This product is especially helpful in hospitals, nursing homes, and other special care facilities. Is it a toothbrush with a tongue scraper on the back or swallowable toothpaste? Oh, swallowable toothpaste. That's it. I've used that. Yeah. Fun fact, all toothpaste is swallowable <laughs> if you're willing to work for it. <laughs> that was from 1984. Wow. That seems like it would be earlier than that. They're like, it's the 80s, and they're like, we figured out toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. It was 84 that the private sector made it. Gotcha. The okay. NASA tech came earlier. I understand. Corinne, number three is from yes. the 2019 magazine. In the 90s, NASA was working on developing a plane that could carry 300 passengers at more than twice the speed of sound. In researching materials, they came across a material that acted very unusually. It's an electric insulator and could be melted after it was insoluble. Is it being used today 
in clothing for electricians to help them avoid being shocked, or in implantable defibrillators. Implantable defibrillators. That's it. It's uh, a special type that goes just over the left ventricle to help the heart beat in sync to get more blood flowing through the body. Number four, Rob, this is my favorite question of the round. Yay. This is from the 2012 edition of Spinoff. Mike Johnson was a NASA engineer who gained a weird nickname, the P-Man. <laughs> he was working with the team on converting urine into clean drinking water, and they created a trickling filter bioreactor. He went on to use the technology for something different, though. Did he create a new brand of kombucha or beer? What year did you say it was? 2012, he was featured in the magazine. I'm going to go with beer. You're wrong. It's kombucha. No. I thought kombucha was invented five minutes ago <laughs> by millennials. It has a mother. He developed the still suit, but then became addicted to the spice. You guys like Dune, right? Did anybody get that reference? No. Is no. that the most obscure reference I've ever made? It, it it's might be. definitely up there. Okay, well, well, listen to this episode again after the Disney Dune movie comes out. Mm. And then you'll be like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> Stan was right and smart. Yeah, that's really funny now. <laughs> Stan, this is from 2009. Astronauts often get dehydrated before and after launch, so to stop that, they drink water and take salt tablets. But that was unpleasant for them, so a company developed a new electrolyte concentrate that could be mixed with water to make life better for astronauts. It's now being sold, and I know what you're thinking, so I'll ask it. Is this product made by Gatorade? Yes or no? No, Gatorade was like for football. Yep, right? the University of Florida. Yes, you are correct. It was produced out of Colorado and called The Right Stuff. <laughs> mm. How adorable. Corinne, here is your final question. During the Apollo missions, NASA developed air flotation technology to move stuff around with only air. This tech was adapted and used in Honolulu's Aloha Stadium. Was it used to move the roof to provide shade no matter where the sun is, or to move the seats so spectators could get the best view for the appropriate sport? Uh, uh the roof. No, that's incorrect. Oh, too bad. So in Honolulu Stadium, at least when this edition of Spinoff came out, they could move 28,000 of the 50,000 seats in the stadium for better viewing. Hmm. That's cool. Do you guys remember when David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear? No, I was not born yet. Ah. He sat a bunch of people on an island with the cameras and then turned all the lights off and then put up a big curtain and then turned the platform everyone was sitting on and then dropped the platform and it looked like it was gone. <laughs> That's what I would use that for all the time is moving seats on an air platform. So, Stan, you got two out of two correct. You're the winner. Congratulations. Wow. Well done. I won the smart guy game. You mm. won the smart guy game. <laughs> NASA. Thank you, panel, for playing. And thank you for listening at home. We'll be back in your feeds next week with another edition of Popular Science's Tacathlon. Tacathlon is a popular science podcast. We're available on all major podcast platforms, so subscribe wherever you're listening now. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It will help other people to find the show. You can buy our merch, including t-shirts, tote bags, and mugs at popsci.threadless.com. The show is produced by the entire PopSci tech team and me, Jason Letterman. Our theme music is by Billy Cadden. If you have questions, suggestions, or opinions to share, tweet us at Show. Thanks for listening.